This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. A number of years ago, I read a story about a young man who was known at college as being a very courteous young man. He was courteous especially to women to girls his age, to his teachers who were women. Regardless of age, he was a very courteous young man to all women. And one day someone asked him the reason. He says, I'll tell you the reason. He, he said, there was a young father walking up and down in a hospital corridor and his wife was expecting another baby. And he said there were problems with the pregnancy. And finally the doctor called the young man into the room where his wife was and explained the crisis they had. And then the doctor said we either will save your wife and maybe possibly lose the child or it could be the other way around. And the young man said to the doctor, said, whatever you do, doctor, you save my wife. And that courteous young man said that, 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 that this woman who was about to have this baby raised herself up off of her bed very feebly and said, I heard what you said, but doctor, I tell you, whatever you do, you save my baby. I don't know of anything that can compare with the love that a mother has for her child. But what about the great love of God? Today we want to think about the love of God. And I hope that you'll stay tuned today to getting to know your Bible as we discuss His love. I'm Billy Lambert, the speaker on getting to know your Bible. And I want to thank you for tuning in to watch today. Continue to watch for the next few minutes as we explore one of the greatest themes there is in all the Bible. And that is God's divine love. Now, on getting to know your Bible, we offer a free Bible course. And in order that you may know a little about the course and how to receive it, we're going to pause at this time. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. 
In John the third chapter, beginning in verse 14, we have this reading. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. No doubt the most profound thought that will ever enter into your mind is that God loves you. That God loves you. I read the story once about a man who went to the Bible lands and while there, he went to the site which is allegedly the site of where Jesus was crucified. He, he found a stick there, and he brought that stick back with him to his home. And when he got there, he took that stick and fashioned it into a walking cane. And he presented that to a friend of his. And this is what he said upon the presentation of that stick to his friend. He said, while I was there at the site of where it's thought that Jesus died, I thought about you. And I brought you this stick back and I fashioned it into a walking stick for you as a reminder of my visit there. Well, he thanked his friend for the walking cane. And then he said, I want you to know how much I appreciate your thinking about me while you were there. But he said, that for which I am most grateful, that nearly 2,000 years ago, there was one upon that cross who was thinking about me then. For God so loved the world. There are so many things in John 3.16 that I want us to think about today. Follow along with me if you have your Bible open to that passage. John 3.16 For God so loved the world. The greatest thought that you will ever entertain is the thought of God. The Bible opens with Genesis 1 verse 1 In the beginning there was God. In the beginning of man, there was God. In the beginning of life, there is God. In the beginning of heaven and earth, there was God. In the beginning of salvation, there is God. In the beginning, God. God created the heavens and the earth. This is the greatest being there is. And to comprehend God, I think you'd have to be God's equal. Someone says, well, I do not believe in God. For an individual to make that assertion, they would have to know everything and they would have to have been everywhere. Think about that for a moment. 
Kind of let that soak in. For a person to say there is no God, they would have to know everything, they would have to have been everywhere. Because you see, if there's one thing they do not know, that one thing they do not know may be that God exists. For a person to say there is no God, they would have to have been everywhere. Because if there's one place they had not been, that might be where God is. Well, the fact of the matter is God created the heavens and the earth, and God created all things therein, and it is in God that we live and move and have our very being. There's one God who is above all, through all, and in you all, Ephesians 4, 6. The Bible says in Psalms 14 and 1, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. That is, a person would have to be morally and spiritually senseless to declare there is no God. Hebrews 3 and 4 says, Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. In the beginning, God. For God so loved the world. There was a preacher a number of years ago, now deceased, by the name of Gus Nichols. And he said one day a woman challenged him to preach a sermon that would not be offensive to anyone. And so he asked her, well, dear sister, what would you have me to preach? And she said, well, Brother Nichols, so you'd not be offensive to anyone, why not preach on John 3, 16? So he did, and he read, for God. And he said, uh-oh, I've already been offensive to those that are unbelievers in God. You see, God exists. And we're told in Psalms 19, verse 1, that the heavens declare God's glory, and the firmament shows the handiwork of God Almighty. Every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4. The greatest being in all the world is God. This passage tells us about the greatest thing, and that's love. For God so loved, God so loved. That is, God loved to the extent, God loved to the degree. So loved. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, Paul said, Now about a faith, hope, and love, these three. But the greatest of these is love. I, I don't fathom the love of God. I really cannot fathom His love. God is rich in His love and in His mercy, Ephesians 2 and verse 4. And God's love prompted Him to do something for the benefit of people that did not accept Him, did not appreciate Him, did not, were not grateful for him, to Him for what He had done for them, and did not believe in Him. And yet God did love mankind. He so loved, He so loved that He allowed His Son to die on the cross of Calvary that the world might be saved. In Revelation 1 verse 5, unto Him who loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. It was the blood of Jesus that was shed to wash away the sins of the world. And then in 1 John, the first chapter in verse 7, 
But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. When Jesus died upon the cross of Calvary, it was to manifest the great love of God for humanity. Listen to Romans 5, verse 8 and verse 9. But God commendeth His love toward us, in that while we were yet, what, sinners? You know, we all are, aren't we? Christ died for us. And then listen to verse 9. Being much more than justified by His blood, we are saved from wrath through Him. Now, maybe I'm speaking to someone right now that feels so unloved. You know, sometimes young people feel so unloved, so unappreciated by their parents, and maybe they don't think any of their friends care anything about them anymore. When you get to that point in your life, even if you're older and you say, well, I'm up in my years, Brother Lambert, and, and now it just seems like nobody wants to take up any time with me. Nobody cares about me anymore, Brother Lambert. I want you to know God cares. And God still loves you. He loves you so much that He gave His Son Jesus to die on the cross of Calvary for your sins and for mine. For God so loved. Now this passage tells us about the greatest number, and that's the world. For God so loved the, the world. You see, all the people who have ever lived, all of the people who are now living, and all of the people who will live in the future are included in that, in that number. God so loved the world. It's kind of like the beams on the cross. One of the beams reaching as far back as it can go and the other beam reaching as far into the future as it can go. And those beams span all time and then eventually into eternity. God so loved the world. Listen to Acts chapter 10 verses 34 and 35. Peter is at the household of Cornelius and and Cornelius wanted to worship Peter. He said, no, 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 no. You stand up. I'm just a man. And any preacher today is just a man. He's just a man. I'm, I'm just a man like any other man. And Peter said, this is what he said in at, at Acts chapter 10, 34, 35, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. You see, Jesus died for the whole world. He died for you and He died for me. 1 John chapter 2, my little children, these things write unto you that you sin not. But, but if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and He is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only. Not just our sins, but so for the sins, listen to Him, of the whole world. For God so loved the world. And the gospel of Jesus Christ, that is the good news about Jesus Christ, is not for just people in the western part of the, of the world. Not just the western civilization. It's not just for people of one particular color. The gospel is for the whole world, regardless of one's race, regardless of one's gender, regardless of one's background 
regardless of what country you may live in, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is for you, it is for me. And when Jesus died on the cross, He died for the whole world. And that means He died for you. He died for you. He died to become a sin substitute for you upon the cross. But then this passage tells us about the greatest gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Giving begins with God. Have you ever thought about it like that? You say, well, I've heard preachers get on television and they preach about money and they want you to give them money and they, they want you to, 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 to send them money. And Let me tell you where giving begins. It begins with God. And as a Christian, I'm to give back to God. I'm to give Him my time. I'm to give Him whatever ability I have, that is to use it for Him. And, and I'm even to give back of the money that I earn back to God. I do that on the Lord's Day, on the first day of the week, in keeping with 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. That upon the first day of the week, we are to lay by in store. And so I'm to give money to God. We're not asking you for money today. But I want you to know giving begins with God. When God gave His Son, you see, God sent Jesus Christ into this world for our benefit. In John 4, 34, Jesus said, My meat is to do the will of Him that sent me. He was sent. In John 6 and 38, Jesus said, I came down from heaven to, not to do my own will, but to do the will of Him that sent me. Jesus was sent into this world for the benefit of the whole human race. In John chapter 9 and verse 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of Him that sent me while it is day. For the night comes when no man can work. So God sent His Son, and He sent Him into the world to be a Savior. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world. Uh, you, you think about that word, came into the world. Why did He come into the world? Paul said, to save sinners of whom I am chief. Jesus Christ became a gift to mankind. It is referred to in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15 as an unspeakable gift. Paul says, thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Or the New King James calls it the inexpressible gift of God. You, you just can't really describe this gift. The gift that God gave to mankind, the gift of His Son. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now I know this. I know this, without the love of God sending Jesus into this world and motivating Him to send Jesus into this world, I'd be lost. I'd be lost for all eternity because we need Jesus to save us from our sins. 
we live in a pluralistic society where people say, well, you have your God, I have my God. You have your Bible, I have my book. You have your Savior, I have my Savior. I have my ideas about the future life. You have your ideas about the future life. But the fact is the Bible teaches there's one Savior, and that's Jesus. In Acts, the fourth chapter in verse 12, there the Bible reads like this, Neither is there salvation in any other. Before there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. Oh, Jesus Christ is our Savior. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9, Paul said, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that we through His poverty might be rich. Jesus divested Himself of all of the glories of heaven and came down into this sin-cursed world in order that He might die on the cross to save mankind from their sins. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. Now this passage tells us about the greatest faith, whosoever believeth in Him. Believeth in Him. Well, faith is believing in the reality of what we're not able to see, but it's based on evidence or testimony. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. And the evidence for our faith in Jesus is not how I feel about it, is not what some alleged experience I may think that I've had, but my faith in Jesus is evidenced or built upon the foundation of the Word of God. Listen to Romans 10 and verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So my faith in, God, in Jesus, my faith in God, my faith in the Holy Spirit, my faith in the angels, my faith in the spirit world in heaven and hell is based upon evidence or testimony that we have within the Bible itself. It's not some subjective experience, but it's, it is experience based upon facts and evidence and testimony within the Word of God. It is our faith in Jesus Christ that is vital. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except ye believe that I am He, you will die in your sins. And our faith in Him is based upon prophecies that are made in the Old Testament that have been fulfilled. It is based upon the influence for good that He had upon this world. It is based upon His resurrection from the dead. And if, according to the, to the working of God's mighty power when He raised Him from the dead, Ephesians 1.19. And it's based upon His teaching. He went about teaching and He taught as no other human being had ever been able to do. And it is based upon the claims that is made and the salvation that we have in His name. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 2.10 I endure all things for, for the elect's sake that I may obtain the salvation which is in where? In Christ. Salvation is in Christ. Hence I know I want to know that I am in Christ. And as a penitent confessing believer in Jesus Christ I am to be baptized into Christ. Romans 6.3 and 4 Galatians 3.27 in order that my sins might be remitted, Acts 2.38, or washed away in the blood of the Lamb, Acts 22.16, or that I might be saved, 1 Peter 3.21. And Jesus said, He that believeth 
and is baptized shall be saved. And so this passage tells us about the greatest faith, whosoever believeth in him. But the passage also tells us about the greatest human tragedy should not perish. Have you ever thought what it would be like to lose your soul? There are a lot of tragedies in life. But the greatest tragedy that will ever happen to anyone is if they were to lose their soul for all eternity. But then in closing, let me tell you about the greatest human blessedness. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish, but shall have what? Everlasting life. I cannot comprehend that. I'll be honest with you. It's not for 500 years. It's not for a million years. When we die in Jesus Christ, we become heirs of, of eternal life. We are subject to receive an everlasting life, a life that never ends on the other side. I cannot comprehend that. But in order for that to happen, we should do everything possible right now to make ourselves prepared for our demise in this world or for the second coming of Jesus Christ, whichever should come next in our lives. Do you have your soul insured today? Maybe you have your house insured, your car insured, your, your insurance on your life. But what about your soul? Would you not take out an insurance policy on your soul right now? By giving your life to Jesus, by believing in Him, repenting of your sins, confessing you believe in Him, and being baptized as He has commanded in His Word. And then you live a faithful, dedicated Christian life. Be committed to Him for the rest of your life. I want to thank you for watching today. And in the closing moments, let me give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. Also right now, let me urge you to pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Join in with thousands of other people who are studying the course in this fashion. Getting to know your Bible is dedicated to helping people get to know the Bible better. And so that's the purpose of this Bible course. And also you can take this course online. It doesn't make any difference to us whether you have it mailed to you or we, you take it online. But you can take this Bible course to enhance your knowledge of God's Word. I want to urge you to do that right now. Don't hesitate at all. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. May I ask you to do something for me? Would you tell someone else about it? Tell someone else to listen the same time next time. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 5214. Join us next time for getting to know your Bible.